Hello, and welcome to episode five of the Canto Bite Dispatch. I'm Emily Lind, and with me, as always, my delightful co-host, Brittany Brown. Hi, Brittany. Hi, Emily. How are you? I'm good. How are you doing? Good, thanks. Literally just got home from school. First day. That's exciting. Yeah, I know. I just started as a transfer student at San Diego State, so I only had one class today, so it was it wasn't that bad, but I was still crazy nervous. <laughs> what was the class? It was confronting AIDS, I believe. So it was it's just such a sad it, it's a sad subject. We watched a movie in class just about how when they first discovered the disease and I just left and I'm like, all right. That sucks. That sounds like an uplifting <laughs> Monday night. Hell yeah. Well, it's about to get way better because we're going to talk about some Star Wars. I'm excited. I'm really excited. I'm excited. Um, I want to say this is the first episode that we are recording since we put it up, like for everybody to listen to. I know. It's really exciting. It's really nice to wake up in the morning and get a bunch of notifications of people saying that they're listening to our podcast and also giving us reviews. Oh, my God. Everyone. I want to thank everyone who is listening right now. I want to thank Steel Sounders for retweeting our Twitter updates and mentioning us on his podcast. I want to thank Haas for leaving us a review. That was really nice. Haas from Blue Harvest and Rogue One, a podcast for winners, of course. But oh my god, if I forget your name, I'm so sorry, but I'm I'm so happy. <laughs> yeah, really, thanks to everybody. Um, thanks all the, the Rogue One army people. Um, and of course, Johnny Grasso. Hi, Johnny. Hi, Johnny. And, um, Arash from the Sith List, like everybody's been super supportive, which is great because I think we are both excited but a little bit nervous because neither of us know what we're doing. So. <laughs> yeah, I was so ready for us to go on iTunes because a lot of my friends were um, bothering me about it. So were my parents, but I'm trying to tell my parents not to listen after episode two. <laughs> yeah. I haven't, I haven't told my parents about this one yet. I mean, mostly because here's the thing is, even if I, like, if I tell my mom, hey, this is an episode that you should skip, she, she'll listen to me and she will skip it. <laughs> my dad, my dad won't. <laughs> and he, he'll just listen to it. And he might not tell me that he listened to it, but he's definitely going to listen to it. Because, <laughs> like, I specifically told him um, not to listen to the episode of Rogue One that I did because it got um, it got a little bit dirty. And I'm like, <laughs> I, don't, I don't want my parents to listen to that. And I like to the point where I didn't even tell my dad the name of the podcast, <laughs> and he still like he still tracked it. it down. I know. I never told my brother about a lot of my podcasting stuff. Um, but I never, I never told him about Steel Show. I just said, oh, like when I would call in, I'm like, oh, I called into podcast. He'd be like, what podcast? And I wouldn't tell him. And his investigative ass tracked down which podcast. And I remember at the dinner table one time, he came in a little late. He grabbed his phone and he skipped it to the part that I was on. He found like multiple episodes that I was on or that I was talking. 
And they made fun of they make fun of me still to this day because something had ha- I called in and Steele asked about the casino that I work at and I had sent something like oh like something had just happened and I said that's never good and that's all my family says now whenever they see me they're just like that's never good. <laughs> apparently, apparently, because I I I, I co hosted one of the call shows a few months back, and apparently my parents were listening to it live. <laughs> Which I found out like right afterwards, and I'm like, what? What's going on right now? I mean, luckily, Steel Show, it, it is fairly clean because he, he has like kids and stuff that listen. But no, like I, I did like when I first did um, Steel Wars, I had told my mom about it, and she, my mom like she just likes to support me. She's not, I mean, she likes Star Wars, but she doesn't like it enough to listen to a podcast about it but she did listen to my steel wars episode and she was like that steel saunders seems like a really nice guy (laughs) (laughs) and he is but that was that was her like whole takeaway from the episode (laughs) he seems like a really nice guy i love that i love that so much Mm. yeah so thanks to people who are listening please to borrow the phrase from steel saunders pot it forward Rate and review, all that good stuff. Um, send us feedback. We love hearing from you guys. But it's been... We've had some news. Not a ton of news this week, but some interesting stuff, if not hugely significant. Um, first one is one I'm personally really disappointed by, and that's the news that Michael K. Williams, due to scheduling conflict, can't do reshoots for Han Solo and his character is getting cut completely. I'm super bummed. He, um, I mean, Michael K. He, The Wire, one of the greatest performances, one of the greatest characters ever on TV. He's really good on Boardwalk Empire. Great guest star in like Community for a couple episodes. Just a phenomenal actor. I was so excited when he were, when I heard he was going to be on Han Solo, and now he's not, and I'm very sad. Do you do, have you seen him in anything? Do you know him at all? Wasn't he in Twelve Years a Slave? Possibly. Here, let me look it up real quick. I'm like, I have his like Wikipedia right here. I don't really know a lot of his acting, so I was interested to see how he would perform in this film. Uh, yeah, he was in Twelve Years a Slave. Yeah, and it sounded like a really like fairly interesting character that he seemed really excited by oh yeah he was supposed to be a half human half animal character yeah that's what i read and i wasn't sure whether that meant like literally half animal or whether it was like a particularly animalistic looking alien but and no, it's too bad. He did. He did say, I think, to it was um, an interview with with Deadline that he was giving, where he said that he hopes this isn't the end of his relationship with Star Wars, and that he'll be able to do something with them in the future. So, so maybe we'll see him at some point. I hope. Hopefully, yeah. He had a very "it is what it is" kind of attitude towards it. And he said nothing but great things about the directors. Notice how he was, well, he's obviously talking about the directors that were let go because he had never worked with Ron Howard. That's why he got got let go because the scheduling conflicts. 
So I was happy to see that he saw or that he said positive things about Lucasfilm. He said there were great people in the Lucasfilm or Lucas family. And he said that he doesn't think that him not being in the Star Wars family is final. So we shall see. Yeah, it was it was literally just he's in South Africa shooting a, a spy drama with Ben Kingsley that sounds fucking awesome. And then he goes back to doing a show happening on and he just couldn't do it. But it does it does definitely seem that this this May date is for sure. I mean, there's yeah. like there's been some like, oh, maybe with the new director, like it'll get pushed back. But it certainly doesn't seem that way now. Yeah, they're they're gonna do it. I was a little worried when the news was uh released that lord and miller were let go and i thought at first you know maybe they'll push this to december but they have a lot of movies coming out in december like they have the new mary poppins film that's coming out in december of 2018 and i don't know i'm still certain that they're going to release this in may may 25th i mean my preference i i really have liked these december releases me too I mean, I don't know. I don't know why exactly. I just, I like it. I feel like it's, it somehow makes it more of an occasion. Because everything that happens, even close to Christmas, I consider to be an occasion. <laughs> yeah. I get so excited. I mean, at the end of the day, it's Star Wars. I wouldn't be excited no matter when I get to see it. Mm-hmm. Though it is crazy they're only going to be five months apart. I know. I think I, I just don't know how to re- respond or react because it, I want to be excited for these two movies. And I think right now most of my attention is towards the Han Solo because I don't want to spend too much of my attention or anything on The Last Jedi because I don't know what kind of movie it's going to be. Like, I don't know if I'm going to like it, even though I know I'm going to like it, but I don't know how I'm going to, you know, I just don't want to over, I don't want to overhype myself. I think that's it. So, because I think the last podcast I was talking about how I wasn't sure how to react, how to, it's a lot of emotions. <laughs> yeah, it is. But we're starting to see some bits and pieces of, of Last Jedi stuff come out. We've gotten through the Star Wars show and then an interview on stars.com, a look at two new vehicles. Now, look, I gotta say normally like Star Wars vehicles. I, I mean, I'm excited to see cool things on screen, but <laughs> it's not something I'm really interested. But these are both really interesting ones. Um, you have two. You have the Dreadnought and you have the ATM-6. Now, the Dreadnought is basically a really big, really heavily armored gunner Star Destroyer. That kind of looks like a big pizza. Two and a half times the size of a Star Destroyer, which is I, I mean, beyond my ability to scale. Like, that's huge. Yeah, it's very large. Did you see all the memes of it looking like a pizza and people putting pepperoni on it? Because every time I see that now, I just think of a giant pizza. Because (laughs) I always think of food. Thanks, Brittany. (laughs) No, yeah, I was going to say, Kevin Jenkins, he gave an interview to StarWars.com about these uh, two new reveals. And it was a very good interview i was reading it online um right before my first class or my only class today and i some parts i thought was interesting was how 
Ryan was really into what he wanted for the ships and other parts of this film. Yeah, he definitely he definitely seems to have like a really solid vision. And one thing that I liked when I was reading when I was reading this interview, both with the Dreadnought and the um, the ATM six, which is the Gorilla Walker, is that from a design perspective, they were looking at it being like a a natural iteration of what already existed, because that's that that's realistically how how weapons and how vehicles develop, which is they're based on the old thing and you see what works and you see what doesn't work and then you you have the new thing and it you know it sort of evolves. And so I like the fact that like the dreadnought is draws a lot from the Star Destroyer, although it has some some like cool new stuff and has a has a distinct of its own. I like the fact that the Gorilla Walkers are very much the old walkers, but evolved like they learned from the they learned from the mistakes in empire and these are ones that you can't tie up their legs with a couple of of speeder bikes and some cables <laughs> yeah no tow cables can stop that shit dang that thing's huge i can't wait to see that in the movie and see the size comparison to one of their oh, what i think they're flying b-wings on crate or they're flying some ship, but see the size comparison between the ships and uh, the vehicle. I'm really excited to see that. I don't know a lot of names of a lot of vehicles or anything, like no. in Battlefront yeah. or in the Battlefront 2 game for the longest time. I thought turrets were turrets, and I called them <laughs> turrets for about five, seven years until I was watching people play video games online, and they're like, oh, I have to get into the turret. And I'm like, what the hell is a turret? And I'm like, oh, <laughs> But no, I also like. What do you think of? Oh, by the way, that it's it's seventy seventy no seven thousand six hundred sixty nine meters in length, which is four point seven miles. A ship. I can't. No, my brain doesn't want to process that. So, what do you what do you think of the um the ATM six, the Gorilla Walker? The Gorilla Walker. The Gorilla Walker. Say that ten times. Um. I don't know what to think about it yet. I think it's large. I remember hearing rumors about it months ago, and I wasn't too excited to see a lot of, or another AT, or an AT-AT. Yeah, I'm an AT-AT girl. I always say AT-AT. I know. I didn't know that was a thing for people not to say AT-AT until, I don't know, but. You know, it's funny the things that you don't realize are things. Like, I just assumed everybody called it AT-AT. I assumed everybody (laughs) liked Ewoks. I mean, then I had all my dreams crushed by the internet, so thank you guys. Thanks, internet, <laughs> for fucking us up. No, kidding. But I saw that Jenkins had a lot of World War II uh, inspirations for the ATM-6 and the Dreadnought. So I was really interested to see that, because usually, you know, the inspirations only come from the previous movies. So I'm happy to see some historical references or historical um, inspirations in this film. That's what makes me love Star Wars is, you know, the connections to real life and myth and everything. Yeah, I'm sort of I'm sort of torn on the on the new walkers. Part of me is like, that is extremely goofy looking. And part of me (laughs) is like, no, it's so cool. I can't wait to really see them 
moving, like, within the context of the film. I mean, they're calling them gorilla walkers because they're supposed to have this very similar gait to how gorillas move. And so I'm, I'm interested in that. I see, like, one of the arms is folded, kind of like how a gorilla walks. Yeah. So... I'll be interested to see. Yeah, that's sort of like, so it should, like in my head anyway, it's, it's got that, that sort of swinging walk where at the front two and then the back two, both together, as opposed to alternating left, right, left, right. It seems to me that it would be front, back, front, back. How many people do you think are like operating the ATM six? I don't know, it's weird, because, you know, it's like, sometimes I see those things, and I sort of forget that there's people in them. <laughs> you just think they're things. I don't really think about it, because there's so many droids and shit, that I don't think about the fact that they're vehicles, because somehow, I don't know, I always felt like the adats had personality. <laughs> yeah, me too. I realize that they're vehicles, I know there's people in them, but when I see them moving, I'm like, oh, it's a big dog vehicle, ship, <laughs> droid, robot thing. <laughs> dog and it wants to be cuddled <laughs> i i feel a little bad when they all get tied up and destroyed it was a sad day on hoth that's for sure and it's about to be another sad day on crate but i don't know i think i think we're just gonna see some amazing battles in this new movie i'm not yeah. a huge battle person in general but I think I think these scenes are just going to be... I think that Dreadnought's going to be so overwhelmingly scary. Because I'm thinking about, yeah, like, and... like, the first time you see the the Star Destroyers and the, the camera just keeps panning and panning and panning. <laughs> and this is two and a half times that size. I almost hope they do that again for this movie, just to make the pan, like, extra long, just to have us all reeled into the fact that this thing is fucking huge. Yeah, I can't, again, like, I can't wait to see other ships in comparison to it. I know. So, is Kylo Ren, is it known if Kylo's on the ship, or, I think that maybe a lot of action will happen inside this ship or something, because I think, because you see that um image or that little clip of John Boyega and Kelly Marie Tran dressed up in imperial outfits on a ship or something. I think that's probably going to be on the dreadnought. I think so that would that would make sense. I wonder if if like Kylo Ren's ship is on there. What's his ship called? Do you remember? Like this silencer something emo yeah the silencer (laughs) (laughs) i mean certainly i mean certainly the ship's big enough to have that on there oh yeah and that would make i mean in terms of having your story be a little more contained that would make sense by the way i can't i'm really i want the the there I don't know if it's an exclusive, but I've seen the, the Finn pop in the Imperial outfit, and I really want it. Oh, really? I haven't seen that yet. Yeah, I saw a picture of that somewhere. Or else I dreamt it, but I'm fairly certain I saw a picture of it on Twitter. 
Don't you hate that when you think you dream something or you think something's real life and you're like, oh shit, I dream this. Like this is happening to me a lot more often now than it is ever. Oh happened. my god. So this weekend, um, Brittany will know this, but listeners want my my laptop broke. It was it was doing an update and it, it, something like snagged. And so my operating system just it wouldn't boot up. Like it would it would turn on. But then when like the progress bar would get about three fourths of the way through and it just wouldn't wouldn't do anything. And so I kept trying things and kept restarting it. But it was also like three o'clock in the morning. This would happen. And so I was dripping off to sleep. I had so many like half awake dreams that I had woken up and my laptop was working. <laughs> and then I actually woke up and I'm like, oh, God damn it. That was a dream, wasn't it? But seriously, like three times that happened. Obviously, it's working now because thank God for the Apple Store. But I did have to pull everything off and do a system wipe and start it up again. But yeah, like three times I dreamt that my computer was working again, only to realize that my brain was just playing mean, mean tricks on me. How painful. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, man, that was bad. But speaking of pops, it's almost Force Friday. Your segues are <laughs> the literal best. Literally, you're so good. By the way, like, oh my god, it's like I'm setting you up. I love it. I fucking love it. Yeah. So, Force Friday, they are doing a augmented reality thing. Um, by them, I mean the Star Wars app called <laughs> Find the Force. And if you have the Star Wars app, they'll be at, um, it, I think it was like 20,000 stores worldwide. Like in their Star Wars displays, there'll be like a little QR code type thing. Then if you scan it, then a little character will appear on your phone. And you can like take pictures and video. It's sort of like I many of those augmented reality things, sort of like Pokemon Go, where you see the little Pokemon through your screen, and, but you're also seeing what the actual camera is getting. And then it, it sounds like there's also going to be some character information on there. Um, it's going to there's going to be different stuff through from the first to the third, and I think the StarWars.com said there's 15 different characters that you can, I don't know, collect or look at. It. I don't I, I don't know even really quite understand what it is, but you can have por yeah, there's porgs. <laughs> there's porks the most important of them all but i heard okay so you scan so you have the app and then you go to the store and you scan something that says find the force logo or you find something with that logo and you scan it and then a data chip will be unlocked each time but i also heard that a new character is going to be revealed because of this. <laughs> spoiler, spoiler. Ah! Look, there's not going to be many spoilers on this show. So. Now. Nope. Except if you want to hear what a pork sounds like, here is the sound. No, I'm kidding. I will murder you dead. <laughs> you haven't heard it yet, though? No, I've avoided it. I'm avoiding You and Steel are doing that. I know. So it's, ret- it's such a weird like, <laughs> line in the sand to be like, no, I don't want to know what the pork sounds like until I push its little belly. But I don't, wanna, <laughs> I don't want to hear it until I push its little Like, this is going to be a... Pro- now, okay, if I don't get one on Force Friday, by which by that I mean the little 
stuffed pork that makes sounds when you push it. <laughs> then then I'm I will accept it and I'll probably watch some videos. But Friday's very soon, and if I get one on Amazon, I'll have it by Monday. And then and then that's then it. Then you'll hear you you'll squeeze the little belly and out will come pork guts. I mean um pork <laughs> noises. <laughs> yeah, like I'm definitely I'm definitely just doing Force Friday online. Yeah, that's smart. If if the Toys R Us in Times Square still existed, I might do that. But I mean, that, oh shit, that doesn't exist now. Anymore? It closed down like a like two like year and a half ago, two years ago. And so I don't know. Like I don't feel like calling my ass to far reaches of Queens to go to a Target or something. So I'm just I'm just gonna go online. I'm gonna like stay up until midnight and see what I can get. I don't even think I want that much. I mean, I want the pork, and I might the there might be a couple of pops or something. Two years ago, I was desperate to get the um the BB-8 Sphero, and I got that eventually. Like, no, I actually I think I got that Force Friday. I just had to I had to like try to get it like three different places online. It was those things where. The, the page would stall out because too many people were trying to get it. But he's sitting on my desk right now. I do, I do, what's the, what's the evil BB-8's name? BB-9? BB-8. Well, his name, okay, <laughs> what's his actual name? Here, let me look it up. We're very informed on this show. Very, very. <laughs> look, we're, we're learning with you. <laughs> everybody knows what I'm talking about. It's the little BB-8, but it's, it's black and it has a flat head. But they're doing a they're doing a Sphero version of that too, and I kind of want that. Also, I know I really that's a silly thing to buy when I already have the BB-8 one, and they're basically the exact same thing. So I might just get a ten dollar pop instead. <laughs> oh, and there's itty bitties, and I want itty bitties. Those are really cute. I've always thought about oh God, getting one of those. I, so I don't. I used to have a really large Beanie Baby collection when I was little. I think I finally got rid of it. I, I still have a couple of those Princess Diana ones. Oh, wow. But the thing is, I was a horrible child. I would take off the tags on all of them. Uh, not all of them, but like not the really important ones. My mom would like keep the really important ones and she would like take them, like, keep them away from me because she knew I'd take them off or I'd take off the tags. But yeah, I had a whole shelf. It was about seven feet tall of it was just all beanie babies holy god that's a lot of beanie babies yeah it was i was the collector i loved them all like they were my children i was their clacy <laughs> no <laughs> i was the mother of beanie babies but yeah i used to i used to like really love stuffed animals so yeah i i had a couple of beanie babies but i never I never seriously got into them, but oh man, those itty bitties! Oh, like, like I hate how much I like them, cause I shouldn't. <laughs> but I buy itty bitties cause they're amazing, and they—they're really the problem is that they're really inconsistent with like their release dates and stuff, and so I never know when anything's coming out. Um, and even I don't even know if they're doing like Force Friday. Like they have a little. Um, Maz Kanata one, but it's not coming out until September 29th. And I'm like, why, oh, wow. why are you coming out September 29th? Why are you not coming out on Force Friday? Maybe there's some that they haven't announced yet that are coming out on Force Friday. I know they have, um, 
in some of the stores already, they have like the little fin and the, the little evil BB-8. So maybe those will go up online on Force Friday. But they're just, I think part of the reason that I love them is they're about $8 a piece. So I can buy them without feeling guilty about it. <laughs> it's, similar, it's similar to Pops. It's like, that's just cheap enough that I can buy them without thinking about the fact that when you buy five things that are $10, you're actually spending $50. But you don't think about that. You just think about the little each individual one. <laughs> That's exactly how I am about buying makeup. <laughs> I'm like, oh, it's on a sale. It's justified. I'm going to buy 10 items and it cost me $100. And I'm like, oh, okay, that's fine, even though it's not. So I totally get that. It's such a bad <laughs> I also have this really bad mentality of once I spend a certain amount of money, I'll just be like, well, I already spent $75, so I might as well just spend $100. I'm like, no, that's a terrible way to think. <laughs> No, but, but, but no, yeah. that's like, I mean, I know you don't have like a, like, you don't really collect, but is there anything that has caught your eye for Force Friday? No, nothing. Not even the Porgs. I, I don't know how I feel about Porgs yet. So yeah, I think, oh, this is our weekly, see- how do we feel about Porgs this week segment? Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. It's just going to be a whole song of just being like, I don't know. <laughs> no, but I really. Uh, so far, when I see them in the film, I'll probably like them. But I believe I was listening to an episode of a Rogue One podcast for winners. And uh, Ollie left a voicemail and he was talking about how the fans are kind of overhyping the Porgs. And that's kind of how I feel right now. I just feel like a bunch of people are like, Porgs, Porgs, Porgs. And I'm just like, I, I don't know how to react. So. I don't know. I mean, when I see the film, I'm probably going to think they're cute, but I've never really been a animal in Star Wars person. Like, I see something in Star Wars, I'm like, oh my god, that's so cute. I want to cuddle it. So, I feel the need to apologize to Haas on Brittany's behalf. Yeah, I'm sorry, Haas. I'm really happy for you because you have that raccoon, and or you're feeding that raccoon that comes by your house every now and then. So I'm really happy for you for that. You're thinking of cat food. Good. You listen to my recommendation. They love cat food. My cousin, she gets about five, ten raccoons in our little raccoon family at night. She brings some cat food and you can see in the grass, there's like a little line that they all like line up and walk on. It's really That's cute. That's insane. So. No, like I, I don't, I'm not a huge raccoon person. Um, part of it is uh, my, my, my dad freaking hates them because my dad keeps chickens. And of course, oh. raccoons if they get into the chicken coop, will massacre them. Oh, poor chickens. Like, like, will, like, tear them to shreds. And so I heard one too many story about, like, ripped apart chickens, and I'm like, okay, no, I'm over raccoons. Why can't we have, like, a Star Wars chicken? Like, why isn't anyone create? Because a lot of inspirations of Star Wars creatures, you know, like the dinosaurs came from Jar Jar and a bunch of different animals. Like, we're going to have the space horse and a space fox, but not a space chicken. Porgs are, are, I mean, sort of space chickens. I guess. What would make it a space chicken? Probably the same size as a porg, probably something like on a farm. Okay, but just a different color or something? A different color, like different face, like the face is kind of alien-like. I don't know. 
Lucasfilm hit me up. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. But I don't know. There's a bunch of different influences for animals in Star Wars. And I wonder why they haven't thought of chicken. Probably they haven't perfected the the chicken-like look. I mean, I suppose it's... Uh, they're more focused on, like, the really big things. <laughs> the bigger deals. Well, no, or, but, but I mean, like, things that, pe- <laughs> no, things that people ride. Because that, 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 <laughs> that, that you'll see a little bit more. So, like, the do-backs uh, or, the, or that annoying lizard creature that makes the screechy sound that Obi-Wan rides in the prequels. Oh, I thought you were talking about Salacious Bee Crumb. <laughs> That's another annoying thing, but I don't think Obi-Wan rides him. <laughs> he probably rides Obi-Wan. No. I wonder if Obi-Wan will ever meet him. Maybe in the new Obi-Wan film he'll meet Salacious Bee Crumb. I think that's how you say it. Salacious Bee Crumb. It'll be a movie about them, too. Oh, my God. Conquering it could be like a body movie. <laughs> yes. There we go. They'll fall in love. A romance for the ages. Hell yeah. Now I'm excited for this Obi-Wan film. Screw every other idea. I like this one. <laughs> I don't I don't think there's really anything else by way of of news. Um we learned that the last Jedi will have t- 12 wipe transitions. Um <laughs> that was something I that, love the wipe transitions. Uh, <laughs> something Ryan Johnson was tweeting about. But I guess I guess Force Awakens only had fourteen, um, compared to what was it? Was it, I think it was Phantom Menace that had fifty five, fifty five, fifty six. That's a lot. That's a lot. I'm trying to think of which scenes had the swipe transitions, but I remember Revenge of the Sith had the worst ones because some of the swipe transitions are okay, but some of them are just aren't. Like some of them just look like it was like a PowerPoint presentation gone wrong. <laughs> yeah, like those PowerPoint presentations where. Where people want to try every transition that exists in PowerPoint. So it was like, George yeah, in episode three. A lot of them will be like, it'll be a star, then it'll be a heart, then it'll be a fade in, then it'll be a fade out, then it'll be like the checkerboard one. Yeah, the checkerboard one was in episode three. That was, I think, the worst one because it was like right before, it was like the scene right before Anakin has his first dream about Padme. And I remember it was like kind of like checkerboard theme. And I'm like, really, George? You could have done a better slide or slide thing so let's see um i watched a couple episodes of clone wars tonight um oh man um i watched uh i think it was called rookies it was about the clones because they're they're because of the war they have to like put clones into action who aren't properly trained so there's a big like this group of clones that are are fairly like new that are out on this planet and then there's a big droid battle thing um i finally know who commander cody is um but (laughs) but i think my problem with this episode it was basically all blaster fights Mm, yeah. Probably of the 25 minute episode, like 10 minutes was just droids and clones firing blasters at each other. And it was, I was a little bit bored. But then I watched the next one, which is, um, 
fight, 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 and then uh, they lose R2 because Anakin loses his ship. And then when they go back, like, R2's gone. And then there's actually a two-parter, and I didn't watch the second part, but it ends with them having not found him yet. Anakin and Ahsoka and an R3 unit are on the search for R2. Mostly because Anakin thinks that R2 is his buddy, but he excuses it by saying that he hasn't wiped R2's memory banks, and so R2 has information that would be really dangerous for the Separatists to get. (laughs) And then there's a little R3 unit that Anakin is real dick to. Now this okay, it's an incompetent little droid that screws things up and almost get Anakin and almost gets Anakin killed. But Anakin is a dick to this thing. Probably because it's like Ahsoka thinks it's like gonna replace R two D two, and she's excited. Nothing will replace it. She's excited because it's gold. I don't know. I I did I did think the whole R two thing was sweet. I like the idea of Anakin having this attachment to him. Yeah, it's obvious that they they have a good bond. But wasn't it Obi-Wan that was like, oh, forget the droid Yeah, something? totally it is. He's like, okay, you're not supposed to form attachments. I'm like, Jesus, goddamn, Obi-Wan. Yeah, we're about to find out that Obi-Wan did form an attachment, and he is a hypocrite. But. You know, it's always so funny. Like, it's never... The, the droid person relationship swings so wildly as to whether droids are just machines... Or whether they actually, like, I mean, they're not people, but, I mean, they obviously have personalities. And they get their feelings hurt. So, I don't know. It's a little bit strange when they're just like, eh, he's just gone. It's fine. Don't worry about it. He's just a droid. It's fine. It's fine. I know. It's interesting, yeah, because Anakin's really the only Jedi who forms an attachment with his droid, I believe. I think Mace Windu did with his. And, or, I think you're about to see an episode in a couple seasons where, like, Obi-Wan, or, uh, Mace Windu kind of communicates with his droid. Uh, Obi-Wan doesn't because he's a heartless asshole, but I love him. No, I'm kidding. But. I'm pulling away. I'm waiting for the later seasons where it supposedly gets good. Um. It's just oh, you're about to get a good. It it feels like the, these episodes are so disconnected. Um, in terms of like yeah, like there's been already a couple of two parters, but I never know like from episode to episode what type of story I'm going to see. Right, it's a little bit it's a little bit disconcerting to go from Anakin and Ahsoka to an episode that is all about the clones. Yeah, I almost like that we kind of don't know like what we're going to expect the next episode or what the next episode is going to be about. I think that they were experimenting a little bit with the story arcs because you did get a two-part story arc. And I believe the longest story arc they have in this whole series is about five episodes, I believe. Okay. So, I really like the story arcs. But you're about to get, a, get to a good episode in this um, in, in this season. And it has to do with Jar Jar. So, I'm very excited um... for you to... I know, I know. I'm um, I'm very excited. I okay, no, I really enjoyed Jar Jar in the Clone Wars. He was done really well. It made me appreciate Jar Jar more as a character in the Clone Wars because he had more of a duty. And <laughs> I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna try to, I'm gonna try to go in with an open mind, but it's hard. But I'm gonna try. I will make a solid effort 
to really sit down and watch it without prejudging it. Well, to be fair, it did get one of the lowest um, viewer counts this season, (laughs) or or the whole first season. It was only, I believe it was 1.8 million viewers that episode. (laughs) (laughs) We'll see. I think I'm I'm still half a season away from that. I don't know. But in other ventures, I finally started Inferno Squad, and it's freaking awesome so far. I don't I don't want to talk about it too much because I don't want to get into spoilers. But basically, it starts out with you're following a character right before the destruction of the first Death Star. So she's a high fighter pilot who is out when when the trench runs are going on. And then in the destruction of the Death Star, her ship crashes on Yavin. And she steals a rebel ship and gets back to the Empire. And then she and three other people are formed into this task force. Um, The idea is that they are going to get things that could potentially be damaging to the Empire. And so, like, right where I'm in the book right now, they've just gone on their first mission which is sort of a fun, light, capery type thing. I think I think later in the book it'll get darker. But it's really cool because all of the all of the characters that you're seeing are Imperials. And they're all super pissed because, you know, a million people were just killed when the Death Star blew up. And so it's it's a revenge story from the perspective of the empire and i really like that yeah i've always been interested in Iden versio's character because we never see a side of the story from an imperial yeah like certainly certainly not to this degree yeah there have been other imperial characters but i feel like this story your sympathies are 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 partially with them Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that's really interesting. It's not It's not just being like, oh, these people are so misguided. These people were mad because, again, like, she was, all, she was stationed on the Death Star and just saw it blow up. So the, the rebels, in that perspective, are a terrorist organization. I mean, she has this really... I wanted to read this because I thought it was really cool. She's talking about... This was right before... Um, the Death Star blows up when they're when she's out thinking, of course, that the Death Star is impossible to destroy, and that they're about to destroy the Rebel base. And then it's okay. So then there would be order, and the ill-thought-out chaotic rebellion would subside. All the extensive hours of labor, all the credits and brain power spent on controlling and dominating various unruly worlds could at last be turned to helping them. There would finally be peace. The event would be shocking, yes. But it had to be, and it was all for the greater good. Once everyone was under the auspices of the Empire, they would understand. And I think that's really cool. This is a woman who, who is the daughter of a, a high-ranking Imperial who's sort of in the intelligence agency. You know, who grew up with a, a mother who made propaganda posters for the Empire so that's her whole experience is that the empire 
yes, they have this horribly destructive weapon, and yes, it is a tragedy that they they had to blow up Alderaan, but it's all for the greater good. She really thinks that, oh, once they destroy the rebel base on Yavin, then the Empire won't have to deal with her belly anymore, and they can just make everything better everywhere. Wow. It makes me really excited for the game. It does. I'm... I have never played any of the Battlefront or any of the new Battlefronts. Well, new Battlefront. So I don't know if I'll play it, but I really want to see the storyline. I I really like how people put on YouTube like the storylines of the games and everything. And I'm really waiting to see this one because my brother, I think my brother's thinking about getting it. So I'll just watch him play and read the storyline because just her as a character. Like if I could just like if I could if I could just play the story mode, I think I'd really enjoy it. But spending that much to just play that small part of the game, because like the multiplayer battle stuff, I, like I'm not like a, a shooter person. Like I'm terrible at them, and I don't particularly enjoy them because I don't, I don't like playing games with other people. Because I just, <laughs> well, no, like I just realize because I'm not good enough, yeah. and then I feel guilty, and I don't, I don't know. Like it's just a whole thing. Like, it's it makes me very stressed out. Like I get very stressed out, so I'd rather just like play the story mode. But we'll see. I think once it actually comes out and I sort of get an idea of of how big the story mode is, like, I might decide whether or not to buy it. But man, I'm really liking this book. Like, it's just fun. Like, I know, like, again, like, I think it gets it gets more serious later. Like, from, from the description of the book on, on just, like, the blurb on the back is that they're, they're tasked with infiltrating the, the remainder of... Saw Guerrero's splinter cell. And so that obviously is gonna is gonna get darker than their first mission, which is tracking down this guy who has some blackmail material on some of the Imperials. Imperials yeah. But so far I'm like I it's just fun and it's interesting and I like the character like, there's a good diverse little group of characters they have. Who knows? Maybe by next week I'll have finished it and I'll hate it, but right now I really like yeah. it. Yeah, I'm an optimist. <laughs> I've heard nothing about good things about this book. I don't really read a lot of the Star Wars novels. I I, I don't have time or... Uh, I hate saying I don't have time. I'm always listening to podcasts and I just started college this semester. So I don't know if I'll have time to read it, but I've heard... I already know what happens. I'm awful. I read or there's a bunch of videos online like, oh, explain the book. And oh, the connections to the book to the movies or fun facts about the book. So I, I, I already know what happens, but... I really hope you enjoy it. <laughs> okay, well, I don't know what happens because I oh, hate I know. spoilers. I know. So, but no, I like this one. It's good. I recommend it. That's that's my recommendation on this book is read it. It's good. Okay. Um, is it time for top three? I think it's time for top three. Oh, yes. Do you want to read the email about the top three? Yes. This, we got, and you can do this too, if you're listening and you want to give us a top three topic, we will rank things. Um, so far, we've ranked animals we want to cuddle. We've ranked people we want to bang in a refresher. We've ranked um, Star Wars friendships and food. Yes, those are the things that we've ranked. <laughs> and today, okay. This is from Darren Lesnar. Thank you for writing this, Darren. Darren's a great guy. Um, hi, Brittany and Emily. I'm enjoying your show. Your level of knowledge is similar to mine. So easy, <laughs> easy listening. So not very high. Thank you, Darren. 
Thank you. My top three question is, what's your favorite scene with Millennium Falcon in it? Okay. Mine are, this is Darren. Shootout in the loading dock and A New Hope. The reveal in Force Awakens. Seeing Falcon after so many years still gives me shivers. And number one, when it hides in what was supposed to be a meteor but becomes the Exogarth slug in Empire. It was a great twist and then seeing Han do what he does best, which is get out of a shit situation. Keep up the great work. Thank you. I like this question, Darren, because it made me think, oh, yeah, there's all sorts of Millennium Falcon scenes that are awesome. So do you want to give yours top three first? Yeah, sure. Right. Uh, my number three is basically everything in episode seven, you know, the reveal of the Falcon, Ray piloting the Falcon. But my favorite is when Han Solo sees BB-8 and he says, move ball. It <laughs> <laughs> still makes me laugh whenever I see that. I think that was one of the moments of The Force Awakens that made me crack up. Just his reaction to BB-8, Obi- or not Obi-Wan, but Han Solo's pessimistic attitude is just always so funny sometimes, or his sarcasm. I love it. And my second one is when in episode four, A New Hope, when Han Solo saves a day, when he comes in and shoots Darth Vader's ship, and he's like, Yahoo! That's my that's my second favorite. I love that moment. It's so unexpected for Han Solo to come out because he thought he left and because he had to pay the debt to Jabba, and Luke was pissed. And of course, so Luke is kind of in that shitty situation when he's about to get shot by Vader, and then Han Solo comes in and saves a day. So go Han. And my favorite moment is cheesy, but it's the Leia and Han moment when they first kiss. And through Pio killing the moment. I think that's such a powerful moment in the film because you see the relationship blossom between Leia and Han. I love romance in Star Wars. And this one, as I grow up, is the most real, not realistic, but it's the one that it's great. It, you know, it's you have someone like Leia, powerful strong and then you have someone like han who's just a scoundrel like the two opposite characteristics or the two opposite people you know they they fall in love and you know you don't like me because i'm a scoundrel and she's like i happen to like nice men (laughs) he's like i am a nice man (laughs) no you're not like god i love that i love that so much and they have such great chemistry too like it's really obvious i i think she released um in her book that she and harrison ford had a kind of like relationship for like four for three months during the filming of a new hope yeah it was something like that which meh but you can kind of tell because their chemistry is so strong in that part which you know makes the movie better because there were obviously chemistry issues with other characters in star wars and it can pad me <clears throat> but no i mean i enjoyed that i enjoy the little romance parts i didn't really enjoy it as much in the force awakens but here here's where it's at you see them fall in love and it's great love 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 what do you think um my first one it's actually i mean it's it's from the force awakens but really my 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 thinking about it and putting it on the list here was from the force awakens trailer Mm, when we we first see the millennium falcon fly out and it was like my heart just uh, exploding that the, I was seeing the one in Falcon again. I was so excited and so happy. It's just, it's such an iconic ship. And of course, it's, it's you know, seeing the one in Falcon is, is, is seeing Han Solo. I mean, even if it's not, 
But, like, those two are so closely linked in my head. And so seeing the Falcon is like seeing my favorite character again. And so that was such an exciting, like, oh my god, it's Star Wars moment. Um, the second one is actually also from The Force Awakens, and it's the the Starkiller base coming in the shields through light speed and then <laughs> crashing onto the ground and almost falling off of a cliff. It's just, it's so cool because we just get more of Han being awesome and doing crazy, dangerous, reckless stuff that should get him killed and then doesn't because Han Solo is awesome. And also, any, basically any time you get a ship inside the atmosphere is always exciting. Um, especially if it's something bigger than like just like a an X-wing or a Tie Fighter, so I always like those scenes. And when it's the Falcon, it's even cooler because it's the Falcon. And then my my first one you mentioned it's it's the end of A New Hope, when he comes in and saves the day. Hell yeah! Because that's, that's what scene. like it really it's what cements him as a hero. And he's coming back to save his friends. The, the scoundrel pirate who was just sort of annoyed by Luke and his earnestness and didn't want anything to do with this fight. But he is a good guy. And so he does come back. And it's just an awesome scene. It's so exciting. Like to see it coming and swooping back in. Like that's one of those scenes I could just watch forever over and over and over again i'll always think it's exciting i'll always think it's a great moment yeah i'm thinking right now do you think that chewy had anything to do with convincing han to get back and save his friends or do you think that han solo did it by himself or he thought it- um in my head chewy's giving han solo the cold shoulder <laughs> and han is trying to convince chewy and really trying to convince himself that he's not going to go back and Chewie is just sort of sitting there being like, fuck you, dude. Like, fuck whatever, there's a life debt, and so I owe you this, so I'm going to, like, you know, go with you. But I'm not happy about it, and I'm going to let you know I'm not happy about it. So I think it's one of those things where, like, you know when somebody is sitting there in silence, and so it's just the other character <laughs> is providing their side of the argument, too. So it'll be like, no, I'm not going back. And then it'd just be Chewy sitting there in silence. No, you're wrong. I don't care what you think. Sitting there in silence. And then Han slowly talking himself into doing what he knows is the right thing. Or Chewy just sitting there like, it's fine. And Han would be like, are you sure? Yeah, it's fine. Or what's wrong? <laughs> Nothing. Nothing's fine. N- nothing's wrong. It's all good. <laughs> Chewy is that passive aggressive girlfriend who's like, it's fine. <laughs> <laughs> it's never fine it's fine is the worst thing yeah it's fine <laughs> I know that as somebody who says it's fine a lot it's never fine it's never fine <laughs> but thanks Darren um yes Rashad you, also sent one in thanks for that Rashad we'll do that one uh next week but thank you for sending an email buddy yeah man that's a great email can't wait to read it next week so we had some other emails too. Um, let me open up my email again because I put it away. Do you want me to read the email from King Tom? Sure. Okay. So King Tom, he titles this email. 
Exclamation Lindo, mark. Yeah. Lindo and Brito. <laughs> <laughs> I'm honored. I have finally come to the point where an O is added to the end of my name. Thank you. I, I'm honored. Thank you. All right. He says, I have to admit, I'm a bit behind on the podcast. That's eh, all good. So, actually, no, it's not. It's not. No, it's fine. <laughs> no. So I've only listened to episode one, but I love the podcast so far. And not just because of all your kind words or all of the kind words. You work, you work well off of each other and clearly you're having fun doing it. Oh, that's true. That's true. Plus, you asked me a question, which doesn't happen all that often, because as you'll learn, it leads me to more, it leads to more emails. Um, I will cut in here to say the um, the question was, if you haven't listened to the early episodes, uh, Tom wrote in to ask us about which Star Wars books we read, um, mostly because he wanted me to talk about Darth Plagueis. But <laughs> he, I, I asked Tom in return, what are some Star Wars books he would recommend? So that was the question to Tom. Sorry, go back. No, you're good. All right. He says, my highest book recommend- recommendation was taken by Brittany. Hell yeah. As much as I love to talk about Darth Plagueis, my favorite Star Wars book is Revenge of the Sith novel. Very great novel. I recommend everyone to read this. All right. And he says, and there are a number of other novels from the new canon that you guys mentioned. Bloodline, Lost Stars, Catalyst, that I love. He says, so if you're looking for another recommendation, I'm going to talk about some of the legend novels. Making the EU Legends was one of the best things Lucasfilm has ever done, but it helped me and many other fans get through the dark, slow times. Plus, while I love the prequels, I was more interested in the characters or situations from the original trilogy. First would be the original Han Solo trilogy by Brian Daly. This was written before Empire and was even released, and ha- er, before Empire was even released, and it has a certain charm. We'll have to look at that. Then, the Death Star novel from 2006, I think. It is, an, it is an anthology telling story of the Death Star and some of the inhabitants before Battle of Yavin. Finally, well, look at that one. I know, God, King Tom, MVP. Finally, this isn't really a novel, but I have to mention the West End Games source books from the late 80s, early 90s. These books have little short stories that can be collected into a larger thing or larger something one day. Historical background and technical details on everything in the Star Wars universe. A lot of background from the EU was taken. EU expanded universe was taken from these, and I spent many hours dirting out on these. Okay, that's kind of an answer to your question, but not really. I hope this helps. Thank you for putting out the awesome podcast, your pal King Tom. Thank you, King Tom. Sorry, I kind of butchered reading that, but. Thank you. Yeah, no, I definitely, I definitely want to want to check out the the Death Star one. I love, I love little anthology pieces where you're sort of picking up lots of stuff from from a wide variety of characters. Especially, it would sound like if it's Death Star inhabitants, probably a lot of characters we don't know, or at least don't know much about. Yeah, that Han Solo one seemed really interesting. Like written right before uh, Empire came out. So. Yeah, I'm I'm interested to see to know what kind of story it tells and how it how it differs from what we eventually see what about we know now, yeah. the films. Yeah. But, wow. Thank you, King Tom, for that email. I'm glad that you gave us book recommendations from both Legends and Canon. So thank you. Appreciate it. All right. Emily, do you want to read the next email? Yes, this one is from Maria. Thank you, Maria. 
Question about future standalone films and Return of the Chosen One. Love the show, you ladies are doing great. Thank you. My question is about the standalone films now that everyone is swept up in Obi-Wan hype. I'm still hoping for an Ahsoka film with Force of Destiny everywhere. This is a great time to start working on it. Do you think we'll ever see the day? Why or why not? If they did it, there's only one There's only one director for the job. For me, Patty Jenkins. Unfortunately, she's going to be tied up for a long time with Wonder Woman. Secondly, do you think we'll see Hayden in The Last Jedi? I'm hoping for it. He was so kind to Celebration, but when I asked him about it, he didn't answer. <laughs> Thanks for reading my mediocre question. May <laughs> the force be with you, Maria. <laughs> no, um, that's, actually, Maria. that's actually a good question. Well, two questions. It is. So let's take the first one first. Um, I... I doubt we'll be seeing an Ahsoka film. Um, at least not anytime soon. Um, here's why. It's not because I don't think there's plen- there's not story there. There definitely is. The problem is, it, it definitely seems like Lucasfilm is going for characters that people outside of fandom know. So, so we're mentioning things like Obi-Wan, we're mentioning things um, like Boba Fett or Yoda, and and I mean, I, I'm sure they're working on their stuff, I'm sure they're working on things that aren't just, you know, insert name of character here in movies, but I, I wouldn't necessarily discount seeing her in a film, um whether maybe it's an appearance in one of these character films or if they do another Rogue One type story where it's mostly new characters, um, she could fit into that. And then, you know, like, maybe she'd be incredibly popular in that movie and and people, like, sort of outside of the fandom, more casual fans would see her and love her. And ten years from now, we might get an Ahsoka film. But I do, I do think if it were to ever happen, it'd still be a, a fairly long way in the future. Yeah, I'm gonna have to agree with you on that. Um, I, I just don't think you know. We already got a novel, the Ahsoka novel. Have I, I haven't read that, but I heard it was good. And you know, she's probably dead. I mean, Dave Filoni probably killed her in um, the season finale of Rebels. Spoiler alert. But <laughs> I don't know. Possibly an animated movie. But I can't see them doing live action. I just don't know. You know, like they already explained a lot in the Ahsoka novel. Like a lot of things happen on Mandalore with her and Captain Rex. You know, the possibility of bringing Tamara Morrison back and having him be Captain Rex. or. But I don't know. I just don't see it. Even though that's a great idea. And I've been hearing about this a lot for the past year and a half, two years that... People wanted an Ahsoka film. I just don't think Ahsoka is that popular of a character that we need, you know, not as popular as someone like Obi-Wan that people have known for over, you know, he, we've known his character for over 40 years since 77. We've only known Ahsoka since 2008. So and, and, never, think, and never from a film. So people, people who yeah. don't watch any of the other stuff have no idea who the character is. Yeah, I don't know. I just I don't see it. Apparently, like there was a thing that Rosario Dawson should pick should play um, Ahsoka, which people were like signing a petition. That's stupid. I'm sorry. Like <laughs> I know that sounds mean, but my friend was telling me about that. They're like, oh, like they they're getting her to do it. No, they're not. That's so unofficial. Like when people say this actual news, it's bullshit. That's not news. That's just people wanting things. 
It's somebody made a Photoshop, and then people just sort of like glommed onto it. Um, actually, I I think in the animated film, you know, maybe with Disney launching this um, streaming service, if we 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 might see them do some original programming. Maybe, like, maybe we'll get some animated movies, um, sort of like, sort of like, uh, DC Comics does. Where you get little, like, 90-minute animated movies. Yeah, possibly. I could see that. I could see Disney, like, pulling something out of their ass and being like, oh, we're giving you another little TV show, or are you giving you a little movie that's animated or something? Kind of like how they did with the Clone Wars movie. Well, not Disney, but um, I think Warner Brothers did the Clone Wars movie, but I don't know. We should see. I mean, we're probably going to be wrong. You never know what could happen anymore. So possibly that could happen, but you never know. Now, the second question. Hayden. Um, mm, I don't... I don't know. Um... I wouldn't. I wouldn't be too sad about him not to answering that question because there's there's no way he's going to answer that question. Especially if he is in it, he's not answering that question. But um, I, I wouldn't necessarily be shocked to see him now. Prior to him being at Celebration, I would have been absolutely shocked if he had seen him. Um, I I don't necessarily think him being at Celebration means he's going to be in this movie, but. I mean, I don't know. Maybe he'll be a maybe he'll be a force ghost that Luke's talking to. Hmm. Do you do you have a feeling on that? Like I'm just I'm not like I'm not yeah. expecting him to be there. Yeah, I have some feelings about this. I think the fact that Maria that he didn't answer you when you asked him is proof that he's going to be in this film. <laughs> because why why would he say oh i can't say that it's like frank oz when people were asking him if he was going to be in the last jedi and he's like oh i can't i can't answer that well i'm about 90 percent certain that yoda is going to be a force ghost in the last jedi and i'm about 60 percent sure that hayden is going to be a force ghost in this movie because we need force ghosts we need proof that luke still has a connection to the force and that he's able to talk to these people like he was able to talk to ben on dagobah and I think that he'll be able to still talk to them. Or maybe he lost his connection to them. And that's why he's on Oct 2. He's trying to get back that connection. Yeah, I mean, it seems... Like, yeah, I'm, I'm you know, I, I'm certain Yoda's in this movie. Um, yeah. I'm, I'm almost positive that Luke's It's Time for the Jedi to End Line is said to Yoda. Um. Oh, that's a good theory. Yeah, that's something that. I've, I've heard a lot of people talk about. That that's just sort of the one that that makes the most sense, most sense. to me. Um, I don't know. I, I I go. I don't know how I want it. I'm sorry. I'm trying to think of a way to say this because I don't. I don't want it to be like negative. <laughs> if 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 he sees a forced ghost of Anakin, I'm not going to be disappointed if it's Hayden and I do think if he does see one it will be Hayden my my preference would it would be it'd be older Anakin it'd be you know back 
before the, the, the special editions and the edits. But, I mean, that's just, I don't think that that's not going to happen now. You know, once once you show him once as a forest ghost, as the younger Anakin, that's sort of what you're going to do from there on out. But, you know what? Hayden seems like a great guy. And he took, I mean, I don't I don't like the prequels, but I, I feel like he took so much shit that was not at all his fault. And fandom treated him extremely badly so even though even though i i don't like those movies i feel very defensive when people are dicks to him first of all because even if somebody is bad in a movie it's not a reason to be a dick to them but also my problems aren't with him my problems i would have no matter who was in that role and i know that because hayden's a really good actor like i've seen him in other stuff he's great um there's a movie shattered glass that he's in with um Peter Sarsgaard, and he's amazing in it. Like, just an incredible performance. And the fact that he came to Celebration after the experience that he had, which should have been this huge, amazing, positive thing that turned into this really ugly backlash against him. And so the fact that he came to Celebration and, and you know, like, people were really excited to see him, that, that made me happy. I like him a lot. So if he's in The Last Jedi... I'll be happy to see him. Like it wouldn't have been my first choice, but I'm I I like him as an actor, and I want mm-hmm. I want people to be nice to him. So I'm happy <laughs> with it now. That's what happens. Sometimes even if I don't like something, if people on the internet are dicks about it, I'm like no, I'm just gonna like it because you guys are being dicks. Yeah, I hate seeing people being um, being mean to Hayden. I feel like it wasn't his fault that I feel like it was like kind of the way how his character is written, how George wanted him to, him to act. That's why he was hated. And, you know, people thought it was just his acting, even though it wasn't. And he's not able to get work because of it. You know, do you know how long it took Natalie Portman to like get some like stable like work, you know, like some stable roles? Like people didn't want to hire her after Revenge of the Sith because they thought she too was a terrible actress. And, you know, of course, she overcame that and she won an Oscar for Black Swan. And, you know, Hayden obviously struggled. But I think the fact that he showed up to Celebration is a hint that we're going to see him in The Last Jedi or something. Because I remember right before The Force Awakens came out, there were rumors that he went to Pinewood or something and he trained. But I don't know how certain that is. I don't know. But I don't know. I'm I'm excited that we're possibly going to see him. I know a lot of people, it's kind of random, but I know a lot of people aren't a fan of his, like, mop hair, but I like it. <laughs> I'm okay with the mop hair. I didn't even think that it was mop hair. I thought it was a nice little mullet thing. Like, the middle stage of, like, the Jedi, like, right before he comes a master, like, Obi-Wan. Like, Obi-Wan had the mullet in episode two. No one said shit. And now that Hayden has, or had one episode three, a bunch of people are, like, writing. Oh, sorry, my mic stands being all stupid. Ah. Anyway, about Hayden. I, yeah, you know, seeing at a celebration, that was proof to me. But Maria, you saw him. Hell yeah. Were you? I, I don't think you were the one that gave him the jar of sand to sign. But if you did, that would be pretty legendary. But he does look, he looks like he smells good. <laughs> okay. So, so tell me how he smells. No, <laughs> thank you, Maria. Yeah, thank you. And we had one more question. This one from James. Jedi Academy question. Hi, love the show so far and wanted to send a theory I have in regards to The Last Jedi. 
I've been thinking about this theory for a while, and after listening to Steel Saunders' podcast with Kyle Newman, it got me thinking about it even more. What if there was no new Jedi Academy? There isn't anything I can think of in the canon that references an academy. The closest, is, the closest is Han's line about training a new generation of Jedi. What if the new generation is just Ben Solo? Plus, we know that Luke and Ben are traipsing around the galaxy prior to The Force Awakens. If he and Ben are out and about, who is it training these Padawans? Don't say Ezra. I also don't <laughs> think Ben has killed kids. In The Force Awakens, he is still fighting the light. I don't think someone who had killed kids would still be feeling the pull of the light. That's some dark shit there. What do you think? Is there a Jedi Academy, or is it just Ben and Luke? Thanks, Jim. Oh, sorry, I called you James earlier, because I was just reading. <laughs> but no, it's 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 the, what, what it comes through on, on his email address. But if you prefer Jim, then I will call you Jim. Thank you for the question. <laughs> yeah, I think he, yeah, I think he said Jim, so Jim, James. Anyway, thank, thank you. For, yes. Um, okay, so I went and I, because I couldn't, I couldn't quite remember what Han's actual line in The Force Awakens is when he's talking about Luke. And he says, he was training a new generation of Jedi. One boy, an apprentice, turned against him, destroyed it all. Luke felt responsible. He walked away from everything. Okay, I would say, yet technically, there is no mention of a new Jedi Academy. I I don't think you can refer to one person as a new generation. So I I I think I think there was more than just Ben. I agree. Yeah. I I don't know. Because there are so many students there. Like, what were all those dead people? As you were reading this email again, I, I came up with a kind of theory that maybe it was Luke that killed all those people. And <gasps> Kylo kind of, he he lied and said he did it. To show Snoke that he's he's tough as shit. So he's going to the dark side. Isn't that a good theory? What? Can what's your theory as to why Luke killed these people? Maybe he was just done with their shit. I don't know. <laughs> maybe <laughs> you guys are failures. No, but I don't know because I just think that maybe it was Luke. But I'm I don't know why he could have done that. Maybe because he then felt like it was time for the Jedi to end. So maybe he just came with the the feelings that oh my god, like the Jedi should end. Maybe someone came to him. Maybe it was the Force Ghost that came to him and said, hey God, hey Luke, what you're doing? is wrong. You need to kill the Jedi. So he killed the Jedi. And then when the Knights of Ren came, they're like, okay, the Jedi are dead. We did it. Let's just tell Snoke we did it. Because it's never certain that Ben or... Not, how many people know that Luke Skywalker vanished? Only like Han and Leia and probably the Resistance, right? Um, I mean, it sounds like... I, I mean, I think everybody knows he's gone, but maybe, like, I mean, some people don't really know he was real. Like Rey. Yeah. But I wonder how the news got to Han and Leia that all the Jedi or that Luke's Jedi Order thing was destroyed. Maybe it was Kylo that told them or someone from the First Order said, hey, this happened. But maybe Kylo 
went to wherever the Jedi Academy was to kill everyone with the Knights of Ren, but they were already all dead. That is some dark shit. I love it. I, I need to. I can't wait to tell my brother that, that when I get out of podcasting. One hundred percent not happening. <laughs> oh, damn it! Uh, you never know, though. <laughs> Luke Skywalker is not killing a whole bunch of Padawans. I mean, his dad did, so why can't he? Oh my god! No, but, but... I, I actually I do think, although I, I although I do disagree with jim here and that i do think i i do think a new generation implies more than one pe- person i do think han saying but one one boy one apprentice destroyed everything make it seem like there was maybe not as formal as it used to be but but something existed but the second part of it which is if ben did kill all these people the fact that he's he hasn't completely gone to the dark side or at least still feels some sort of conflict about it is interesting maybe maybe it was that he was still feeling like a familial connection and so that's one of the reasons that killing han is so significant um i don't know i don't know i do i do i think some sort of academy existed uh, maybe not a particularly big one, but uh, between between Han saying a new generation and the the visions that Ray saw, no matter how unclear they were, to me imply, if not directly state, that there was there was training of at least you know a handful of of young Padawans. Yeah, I don't know. What if there's no new Jedi Academy? I th- there has to be because why else would Luke be on or or that island? Well, but, I I sort of I don't if it, if it's not if there's not one then I don't quite understand what it is that Ben destroyed. You know, like he if he he destroyed you know he destroyed what Luke built, which means Luke built up something, and if it's just him and Ben kicking around the galaxy i don't know that doesn't seem like that doesn't seem like ben just like shrugging his shoulders and walking away from that would be enough to to get luke to leave yeah i don't know that was a good question though that's really cool that you came up with this while listening to that podcast with kyle newman because i was actually there so he found out a lot of fun stuff about Kyle Newman. Random, but did you know that Taylor Swift is the godmother to one of his kids? Okay. I didn't know that. (laughs) I mean, why would I know that? (laughs) Well, he was talking a lot about Taylor Swift. Uh, I don't know if this is in the podcast or if Steele cut it out, but he was talking a lot how he directed um, one of her music videos. And I didn't realize that his wife was jamie king until like i was like looking it up and i'm like oh celebrity i'm i'm into weird celebrity shit so (laughs) but yeah thank you for the question no i what i liked about this question is it made me think this stuff that we just sort of sort of start to take for granted because as soon as he said that i'm like but no there's definitely a jedi academy 
But then I'm like, wait, no, I have to go back and look at what Han actually says. And, like, I mean, the words Jedi Academy are definitely never spoken. But I, I sort of had in my head that they were. And so it's sort of interesting the stuff that you, you sort of conflate between your assumptions of storyline and sort of the things that everybody's talking about. And then it just becomes the assumed reality. Yeah, it's just J.J. Abrams just messing with our brains. <laughs> but thank you, Jim. Um, and thank you to Maria and Tom. And thanks for Rashad. We'll get, again, we'll get to yours um, next week. Yes. But if you want to send us questions or thoughts or theories, or I don't know, like yell at us about something that we said that was dumb, um, cantobitepod at gmail.com. Is there anything else you have this week, Brittany? Uh, no. Where can people find you online? You can find me on Twitter as Canto Brit, Instagram as Brittany the Ginger. What about you? You can find me at EF Lind. That's at E F L I N D. That's both Twitter and Instagram. You can find the pod on twitter and instagram at canto bite pod um we are part of the radio free podcasting network which is patrick bonfrisco's network he was generous enough to let us on and sort of take care of everything for us because patrick is amazing i'm in love with him yes one of my very favorite (laughs) people um he has a couple of podcasts of his own on there. Uh, Radio Free Mandalore, if you're into Star Wars, he does one called um, Hollywood and Vine, I believe, which is just a general like movie podcast. He does one, which has just started up again. I'm very excited. It is John in 60 Seconds. It is the movies of John Cusack, one minute at a time. They are doing Say Anything right now. Um there's also some other great podcasts in there. Um, Amateur Pod is a really fun one. Just lots of different pop culture stuff. My Twin Peaks podcast, How's Annie, is up there, which I do with Charlie Ashby, who also has a Star Wars podcast, The <laughs> Imperial Senate, which you, I believe, have been on. Yes, I have. It was fun. Charlie is an awesome human being. Yes. Love him. He's great. But anyway, go to readyfreepodcasting.com because there's just a ton of cool shit on there. Um, A lot of good people creating a lot of good content, and you should check it out. But as always, thank you for joining us, and we will be back next week to talk more Star Wars. Thanks for listening. Bye. Bye.